From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Waiting to see how long Diego panics. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are broadcasting live out here at the uh, Lakeland uh, RP Funding uh, Center. We are out here for some reason. I don't know. There's like all these crazy camo people here. It's uh, deer heads galore and all kinds of wonderful products here inside the, the RP Funding Center because it is that time of year again where we are out here broadcasting live at the Florida Open Season Sportsman's Expo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you guys sound really excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah. And, of course, the uh, Motley Crew the of Cohorts. The Motley Crew of Cohorts has uh, decided to show up, of course. So we got uh, Bill George right over there. Got Jonathan Swindle right over there. And then Carlos made the drive. He's over here hanging out. And because it's like two blocks from his house. Yeah, I'd say he had the longest drive of us all not. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, he made it uh, an easy peasy uh, cruise over here. Like 10 and, minutes. And uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. Takes me longer to get across the bridge. Seriously. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but if you uh, are looking to uh, come out, uh, please do. I mean, it's going to be a great time. I looked at it online yesterday. I was watching it. They did a little live feed and was watching some of the scoring that they were doing for some of the bucks that were uh, being brought in here that uh, some pretty impressive deer. Don't know if they were from shot, uh, shot here in Florida or f- elsewhere, but uh, a lot of fe- a lot of people brought their antlers in to be scored, so that was pretty neat to see. And you guys, of course, were here yesterday with your booths already set up and hanging out with everybody. So how was it on uh, Friday? Was it pretty good or no? It was uh I would say a pretty steady crowd. For the first day, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say pretty steady. It, start, it started at 2, went 2 to 6, and as the day went on a little bit, it got a little bit better, obviously, with everybody getting off of work and everything else. Yeah. And was I, it raining? No. No. No, well, then you were good. We turned around, and some of the people that had won tickets were here super early trying to <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> they they were waiting to get in the door. They were ready. We, Some people were here like two hours early because they yes. thought it opened at twelve. Oh boy! Well, that's I had, I there's had, plenty of places to go get something to eat real quick yes. and come back. So it's, sure, it's not like uh, you have to wait outside or anything. That's your uh, remedy for everything. Yeah. I, well, you guys <laughs> ate. I saw Bill stop by yesterday. Bill Burkett from Organic uh, Porkanic Barbecue. Oh, yes. He stopped by with his rowdy bunch. Well, so uh, He was trying to get them, you know, I, to blow I, off a little steam. I feel for Is that what it was? I yeah. really feel for my mom because I look at those three boys and I just know that me and my two brothers it could not have been any easier. It takes a special <laughs> it takes a special kind of woman to raise uh four boys. Yeah. Counting Bill. Yeah. So I mean it really does. I know uh yeah. uh 
my sisters came later, but there were three boys that were there, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it can be pretty filthy and dirty hey, and crazy, and somebody's one, always one bleeding. One suggestion I made to him yesterday, shot collars. Shot collars, yep. I don't know if that would slow them down. I really don't. I think they're like any other dog. They would just get used to it. Well, we, didn't, get... we didn't have any more because of Eric. You know the terrible twos? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> put it into no it more. Yep. put it into it yep. well uh well this is a great place to do that you could bring your kids here it's family friendly there's plenty of stuff for the kids to look at uh plenty of stuff for them to do i noticed uh, the boys yesterday were here uh shooting archery they were shooting bows they were hanging out running all over the place there was there's plenty of things for kids to be Amored by and keep their attention. Of course, they're going to ask 50 billion questions, so just be ready well, for that. There is, there is on. They have both sides open, and on the other side, there there's a couple of the bow shooting things, and one is the bow fishing, bow shooting. Right. That the um, that they're doing over there, and it's kind of kind of neat. You know, for people they don't understand bow fishing, mm-hmm. that they can actually shoot one of those bows that have an arrow with the line. And oh yes. If you've never experienced it, sometimes it's something. Well, it's uh, it's come bit. a long way. I mean, that technology is light years ahead of what it was when when I was younger, trying to do it with a you know a, ba- a bear pony bow. No, it didn't. The bear didn't even have a mount to put a, a reel on. You just kind of rolled it up here on the ground next to you, and you know. <laughs> one well, end had of the it. big roller on the front out of the stabilizer. Yeah, well, that one. But uh, pre safety measures. Yes. Yeah, before we had dropaways and all the other safety things where that arrow doesn't get caught on something and comes snapping back at you or anything yeah. like that. So uh, these it days. It turns into a contact sport. Yeah. Well, I always loved it when we finally did get uh, savvy enough to get better bows where you could actually put a, mount a. a a reel on the front of where your stabilizer would go. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is you'd be up at the front of the boat and some big snook or redfish would go swimming by and you'd be in a hurry and forget to either ting, hit the button or ing, open the bail. Mm-hmm. And so all you get is a whack. <laughs> and I mean, for whack as in the line going snap. And then that's all she wrote. And the next thing is both being thrown in the boat and you're jumping out after the critter that you're you going said after. snook. Yeah, you, you used to be able to shoot snook. Oh yeah, and redfish. Yeah, wow. before it was considered a game fish. That's back in the day. Louisiana, the day. they still do. It wasn't back in the day. It was the uh, eighties. It was in Dude. the eighties. It was Dude, not back that's in the back. Eighties is back in the day. Okay. No. I was a teenager in the eighties. Okay? Uh, back in the day. <laughs> it was the back in the day. Yeah, it's funny because somebody asked me yesterday. They said, uh, "Hey, let me ask you something." But totally off topic. They were like. Uh, what did you do uh, in 1999 when, you know, the computers were all supposed to crash? Y2K? And, yeah, the Y2K thing. What were you? What did you do when that happened? What was everybody like? And so I told him about it, and he was like, oh, I've always just wanted to know, you know, because I was like three years old, and I'm like, what? What? Shut up. You went and took uh, a little like, money out of the bank. <laughs> you bought some groceries. Carried my gun everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. That's uh, funny, though. You I, said you were shoot, shooting um, snook and redfish in the 80s. Yeah. And, and I was shooting rats. Yeah, well, <laughs> you were shooting me. Well, and, and, you know, people are shocked to hear that. You know, back in the day when uh, me and my friends, you know, cut a path through the backside of Christmas Pass, which now every kayaker and canoeer that does a little uh, trail on Weedon Island, they can thank me and 
and my sweaty friends for the summer who went through there and cut that trail through there so that we could get to the backside of Christmas Pass without having to go all the way around Whedon Island so, and Ross Island all the way around in our boats. So, so you made it easy for everybody else. Yep. And yeah. ruined the place. No, no, it didn't. It's, it, it, it's all kayaks and it, canoes. If, if not, there was nobody hardly going there, it would have still been a little more pristine. Well, that one back in the day, there used to be oh, a spring there, and the spring's not there anymore. Of course, it collapsed and it stopped, moved, whatever. And that's where the biggest snook and their biggest redfish would hang out at night, is when that water was boiling out and the tide was rolling out, it would just suck everything out of the mangroves into that little gap and push all that bait fish, crab, everything all through there, shrimp, everything. So these big giant snook and these big giant reds would just hang out on the edge of the hole. And as kids, we started off with uh, uh, big giant uh, harpoons and gigs, and then kind of with a stick like you used for years. And uh, then we graduated up to to bows. So it was uh, it was a little bit different back then. And if you couldn't catch fish, they caught sounds like they caught shrimp and crab. Yeah, that was on the other side to go over and get shrimp, man. It was on that all that turtle grass. Oh my gosh, seafood! It sounds like it was an amazing time, actually. It was, and we had this hardware store back then called Scotty's. I remember Scotty's (laughs) when I came to visit (laughs) Lakeland the first time. And that was the only place you could go and buy a ten-foot dowel, so that we could make, uh, you know, the 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 gig gig handles. And so um, we 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 kept. We kept them out of stock quite a bit. We really did. Out there making them all the time, losing them, breaking them, using them for poles and, you know, everything else to get it well, back in the shop. So how, how did we change so much on Snook to go from being able to gig it to it's almost like a, you know, it, it, and if you read the laws, it, it is a protected species now. Yeah. Well, the, we, the reason why it changed is because people either, A, uh, couldn't eat them anymore I mean, we didn't go out there just to kill them to kill them. We killed them to, to take them home and fillet them yeah. and, and cook them. We weren't, we weren't out there catching, releasing. We weren't doing any of that stuff. When we went out there to go get fish, we went out there to get fish. Yeah. We didn't go out there to that go spend the day. That was your supermarket. Well, you know, as kids, you know, our parents loved it. Think how much money we saved our, our families back in the day. Because – Either you bring home one or two, uh, you know, 40-inch reds and you're done. Or, you know, you bring back uh, three or four buckets full of mullet. Well, one now, of the two. now, actually, we're, we're donating money because I buy my silk stamp every year for the last four years. And yeah. Well, I, 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 I haven't kept one. I, yeah, I, I want to so, talk you know, about that just a little bit right after. I knew break. you did. All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are broadcasting live out here at the RP Funding Center in Lakeland. Come out and see us today. We are broadcasting live right in inside. It's called the Outdoor What? Out, out, open Season open Sportsman's Expo. There you go. That's what it is. We're here for it. So you ought to be here too. Come on back. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Hanging out with you this wonderful Saturday morning. Thank you so much for getting up early and hanging out with us. Uh, it was a nice, lovely drive down I-4. Didn't hit very much rain. 
had a few little spittles along the way, but uh, pretty much nothing to really speak about. Didn't slow down the NASCAR lane whatsoever. It was all really, it was all good. Uh, got here, I think, in record time, to be honest with you. But uh, we're broadcasting live out here at the uh, Florida Open Season Sportsman's Expo. It's going all the way until for, through today and tomorrow. Uh, what's the time for tomorrow? Is it open till like five ish, six ish? Uh, 10, 10 to four. I ten to four tomorrow. So uh, after you get out of church, you can come uh, come over and hang out and check it out in person and take a look around. Uh, speak of the devil, and he shall arrive. Uh, Bill Burkett from Porkanic is apparently on the phone this morning. Good morning, Billy boy. How are you doing? Hi, hey, hey boys. How's it going? Hey. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Where are you? Where are you boys headed off to today? What's adventure? Go ahead and ask that. One of them's got a question for Bill George. Go ahead. Buddy. Oh, okay. Right. You still giving out money? Me? Yeah. Giving out money? What were you giving out money? I maybe give out money. I don't know. Jeez, Grandpa, throw a couple of thin over here. <laughs> I giving out scoots. I'm giving out scoots. <laughs> he was he was looking for money. Oh, money! Oh. Sure, I yeah. have scoots. I have a pocket full of money. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> who I was just, that? that guess, which one of those? Which one of those kids was asking? Who was that? That was that was Rex. That was the youngest oh, one. Yeah, Rex. Yeah. You know? Well, of course. Yeah. Well, he's trying to fund himself a probably pretty good little fishing trip or something. Uh huh. I understand. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's trying to do something like that. We uh. Yeah, you know, we we had a great time yesterday, but I will I will have to make a suggestion to Jonathan, and that is next year I think that you need to have a Minecraft theme playground there and just use all those speeder blocks that the boys were playing with yesterday as hey. the uh, you know so they can milk castles and stuff. Yeah, I, hey, that that's not a bad I'm open idea. For all ideas, <laughs> they were building a fort yesterday. They were building a fort. I saw a couple of pictures it. where one of them was laid out on top of the uh, analogic blocks out here that yeah. you got. Yeah, that you, you got at the booth. That is well. But you know I what? will say that that did entertain everybody for a good thirty minutes. Oh, it you did. Know? Yeah, oh. it it sure did, and you know it was it was uh, there was plenty plenty over there until they started uh hanging things on for the uh apparatuses around there and then uh Jonathan's <laughs> employees having to, to tell them not to do that and i knew it was time to get out and go oh, shoot we, some bows we oh, could have okay. we could have stuck them with a harpoon pole or something and then tied them up with one of the ropes well, it, shows, <laughs> well, true. it shows how hardy the blocks are too or we could have taken a snare good. a snare we could have put a snare <laughs> yeah. around one of them and you know, I don't think it'd slow them down. See, see how long it takes them to get out. Tell them who Udini used to do it. Yeah, right. Just call over yeah. the other brother and chew through it. It's no big Where, deal. Where's the Chinese handcuffs? <laughs> Where are you guys heading yeah. off to today? This early, man. You guys going out but, doing some stuff? Yeah, we're uh, we're going up to Crystal River to go scalloping. So uh, awesome. I have a buddy that uh, I was I was in the army with, and he has a a dock in a place up there on Crystal River and said, uh, hey, you want to come up? And I said, yeah, my, my wife is out of town. She's in Fort Lauderdale, so it's just me and the boys. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's perfect. You know, so uh, that's what we're going to do today is go scalloping. I've never been before. One of the few, you know, things that around here that I've never done. Uh, so I can check that off the list. Oh, man, them boys are going to have a blast yeah. doing that. Chasing those things around Look, is so much fun. I will – 
I will say this. You may have a very quiet ride home. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen. You put them out there, no, let them swim. The yeah. Yep. And so you might just have some nice, peace, quiet ride home. And yeah. what was funny yeah. with Bill yesterday when he walked up, too, we were standing here talking, and he's like, he goes, yeah, it's funny. I just met a guy that I served with. We stood there and talked to each other for five minutes and realized, oh, hey, hey, man. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. you. I, yep. Yeah. yeah, I could not believe it. Yeah, Al and I, well, Al and I were standing there talking, and he said, yeah, I was in the Ranger Regiment for a little while. And I said, yeah, I was too. And then I I looked down at his name, tape, his name plaque because he's one of the vendors, and uh, I said, I know you. I said, we know each other. And I, I, I said, Al, it's Bill Burkett. And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, we, sure, we shared a tent in Afghanistan together for a while. I said, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, but you didn't look like Grizzly Adams then. No, no, we didn't. And uh, yeah. what, I, what I almost said to him jokingly was, Al, you have gained a lot of weight, but I didn't oh. want to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, if he's listening now, he knows. <laughs> yeah, well, now he does. But, uh, yeah, the uh, – you know, I, I tell people that every now and then. They'll say, uh, you know, when did you uh, retire from the Army? And I'll say, oh, about 25 pounds ago. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are known to be uh, quite the chef, so uh, you got to taste yeah. a lot of stuff. I can yeah. understand. That's, that is, well, that I, is I, true. I, your boys have never been out scalloping before whatsoever? No, they've never been out scalloping, but the uh, oldest one is uh, – we, we uh, went free diving last week, and he made it down to uh, a little bit more than 40 feet on a breath hold, so this will be easy for him. Yeah, usually you're only in about maybe four or five feet of water at the most, and then yeah. But but the difference is is you got to remember that scallops they can move, they can get up yeah. and then get off that bottom, and you think it's like trying to catch a butterfly. That's all the way I always describe it because yeah. once they get off the water column, and they can go sneaky. any direction. I mean, they can squirt, then go right, left, up, down, back. No, and there. they're sneaky. They are. And uh, but you know what? It's like Glenn, our old buddy Glenn, uh, in the woods. He can walk through the woods and spot a shark tooth or an arrowhead or anything from like twenty yards away. And yeah. once you get that, once you get that scallop. Sight silhouette pattern. and you know what it looks like they're a lot easier to spot when you get There's down there. There's a little line of blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> blue eyes, yeah. the outline, you know, where they like to stay and we'd always run the uh, the prop scars, you know, through the grass they always like to get there because then they could just like squirt, squirt and get back in the grass and uh, it's it's a lot of fun especially if you're catching them by hand if you're not using a net. Uh, yeah. Those those boys are gonna have a they're gonna have a blast up there today. So, another, so in other words, Bill, no net for the boys. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no hand catch. Not get a net. No, hand catch to, only. In fact, there uh, there might be a uh, rule implemented where you can only catch them with your teeth. <laughs> oh, well, you got you got to remember that once you get them in your hands, sometimes they have a tendency to open up Bite and then back. close again, yeah. and they yeah. kind of yeah. give you a little nip in you, the palm of your hand. So you might find one with. One stuck to their lips if you told them they had to yeah, get, exactly. catch them by the teeth. Exactly. Lord help us all. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll learn. It's going to be a good day out there. It's yes. going to be a bright, sunny day up there for you. I don't think there's going to be a yep. lot of showers. So you guys will have plenty of time to get out there. And the sun is your friend. As nice and bright as it is, get down there with oh, yeah. in your back. You can see them really good. You're gonna you're gonna do extremely well it, up there. How many, today. how many are you allowed per person? You got to go by bucket weight. Yeah. You got to go by. Yeah. It's a volume thing. Of so many pints 
cleaned in that. Yeah. But I will tell you this. Be very, very careful with the sun. A lot of times you're in the water, you don't realize it, and your oh, back yeah. is exposed. Wear a T-shirt. I don't care. Yeah. Wear oh, a yeah. T-shirt. Yep. I, I always wear a T-shirt because, you know, diving on reefs and stuff, I see where guys just, I mean, their neck just gets blistered because um, uh, they forget to put sunscreen on it. But, yeah, we've, you know, I've had that lesson learned the hard way myself, and uh, well, I, don't, I, I do not play around with that now. It's even worse when you're snorkeling because yes. you get to see and stuff, yeah. and only thing yeah. that's sticking out is your back. And it, it's not your whole back. It's just like from your shoulders and a V where the water hasn't quite gone over the sides of your hips yet. Can, yep. And uh, it's amazing how much the water actually does keep the uh, sun off of you. But uh, spend as much time as you can under it, and you won't have to worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no kidding. So, yeah, we, uh, we plan to lather up and, uh, you know, never get – and not get sunburned feet like the bottom. Yeah. I've seen guys with uh, the bottoms of their feet sunburned, and that is, you want to see a grown man cry? That'll make yeah. a grown man cry right there. Yeah, I can understand. I, but I'm I'm looking at the other end of it. You bring your uh, you bring mama's babies back cooked to no good, and you're, somebody's gonna get a oh, whooping yeah. for that, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Why yeah. Why didn't you put All sunscreen right. on my children? Look what you've done. Now you'll they're be, gonna get cancer when they turn sixty. You'll be on owl yep. duty for a week. <laughs> Well, that is you know the one, the one of them, the the middle one. He's he's brown. He's an islander child, so he doesn't burn. He just gets brown. The other two, though, they're they're my little lobsters like me. Oh yeah, well, that blonde haired guy, you know, fair skin dude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck out there today, man. Yeah, Catch thanks. a bunch of them. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, you guys have fun out there at the uh, expo, and uh, we're not too tired. Maybe maybe we'll swing by. We'll see. Yeah, take, right. take some pictures, man. We'd love to see yeah. them. We'll, yep. we'll I'll, turn I'll around. Uh, send you guys some pictures. We'll, we'll find something in here to burn, and we'll t- find a pan. I, I think I have one in my car, believe it or not. We can put put a pan in there and saute some uh, scallops right here in the in the booth. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll do your we'll price. a cooking demo. Yeah, a cooking yeah. demo with uh, Arrowhead Archery. Well, you, well, you know, or I was going to suggest you just get some skewers, stop by, smoke an Ace's barbecue, throw them on the grill for about five or six minutes, and then bring them on with you. Yeah. That way they're that already that done. That ain't a bad idea either. <laughs> uh, hey, Jonathan, one last thing is yeah, Duke man. did shoot uh, the uh, archery uh, with the uh, reel on it yesterday for the fish, oh, yes. and he's hooked, no pun intended. But so, in a, so in other words, you're is, saying is I need a bow fishing rig? Yeah, yeah, I need, I need, I need a <laughs> bow fishing rig for uh, to 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 buy him. So yeah, okay. I, I may be coming think, by here soon. I think yeah. we can yeah. help you with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get him out I there just, killing some mullet. Well, we're gonna have yeah. to have a talk because I know it's gonna happen. He's gonna go to the neighborhood ponds, and then I'm gonna get a letter uh, from the HOA. Yeah, you know, saying that you know who's who's eight year old is out there spearing fish from the bank. It's legal. Tilapia control. Yeah. It's legal. There is nothing yeah. they can say. If you got a fishing license, well, he doesn't require one because he's under 16. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's yeah. it's all legal as just, long as he's not shooting bass. Yeah, just make sure he knows the difference of the species and yeah. say, hey, exactly. he's out there working to control an invasive species. And if yeah. they need a little assistance on knowing what, what tilapia are and the fact that they are an invasive species. Yeah, just tell him he's a paid pest controller. And uh, that way you're yeah. saying, well, I pay him uh, $2 for every tilapia he brings in. And, he's, uh, and you're not going to charge them a dime. Yeah, yeah. and it's, we're doing the yeah. service for free. It's yep, all good. Exactly. He just needs well, to Bill- get away from the sandhill cranes. But, yeah, I know you guys got to get going. 
<laughs> See you, man. Have a good time out there with the boys today. All right, man. Have fun. See you. Bye. I saw two big fatty, fatty Sandhill cranes yesterday. And I could so totally. Ribeye of the sky. I'm telling you, man. Uh, Bill, why don't you work on that, man? Yeah, man. You know, you got the turkey thing. I know you got the red tide thing. but Bears first and then Sandhill. Maybe it'll be easier to get the Sandhills first. No, Bears, Goliath. And then Sand Hill. Okay, whatever. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We're going to take a fast one, you guys. We'll be right back. Flying like an eagle out here in Lakeland. Good morning, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, John Swindle, Bill George, and, of course, Carlos is also hanging out with us this morning as we uh, bring the show to you live from the RP Funding Center out here in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, what used to be back in the days when we used to stumble over here and uh, uh, come and check out some concerts. The Lakeland Civic Center. You know, it was all, all good. Some good shows here back in the day. And uh, the the uh, speaking of that, Ted Nugent, have you um, have you seen the video where him on Joe Rogan at all? Have any of you guys yes seen the video where he's uh, which one me. the the one where he was actually speaking of uh, CWD being weaponized to uh, keep hunters out of the woods? Have yeah. you have you seen that oh, at yes. all? No. You know, I, I really like Uncle Ted a lot, and I, I, I think that he uh, fights for uh, gun rights and, and the rights of hunters quite often and uh, extremely 150,000 million percent. But it always – that one there, I had to watch that video, and I even I had to kind of go like, uh, dude, you might want to kind of go easy on Turn it down uh, a notch. I mean, it, it was like, uh, I mean, it was like so conspiratorial in the fact that, uh, you know, they're talking about it actually being used uh, by the anti-hunters to keep hunters out of the woods. The the scare tactics I, of well, eating uh, CWD deer and, and CWD deer and all that other kind of stuff. So, you think there's conspiracy things going on? Well, you know. I look at it this way, and the reason why I bring this up is because we're going through this this red tide uh, event in Tampa Bay, and uh, one of the a- snarky annual, one of the, annual. I'm event. almost done, and one of the snarky <laughs> and one of the Shots fired. one of the snarky comments that you always see if you retort in any way on any red tide thing is some uh, some fisherman comes back and goes, "Yeah, I'm sure you're probably going to eat any fish you pull out of Tampa Bay now," and I'm like, "Why not?" Red tide doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect the meat. It affects the gills. I don't eat the gills, so I don't know about you. Uh, But and CWD being the same way it is, how many times have we told you on the show that as long as you're not eating spinal cord or making uh, uh, deer brains and scrambled eggs, uh, you know, what's there to worry about? It's a disease of the nervous system. Right. But it's, it's present in the dietary tract. A, I'm not going to make sausage with the the intestines. No. Okay. 
it's in the dietary urinary tract. I'm not going to turn around and freeze dry the, the, the other things like some other countries do and, and make soup out of it. Um, what countries? <laughs> Don't ask. And then, you know, I'm not going to eat the brain or the, or the spinal cord. I, no. I turn around. Um, I do not I, I do not use the spinal cord in chops anymore. Back in the day, that was a thing that we used to always do. But today, it's it's cut the back straps out, cut the loins out, debone it, and, and sure, maybe. Well, um, I, well, the old <laughs> days you did it for convenience because you know on a band song or anything you could zip, 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 and you know you could leave it bone in chop. So yeah. uh, nowadays, uh, I don't think I've ever done that back uh, in the day. We always. Picked it clean. Back straps, take them off each side, go in underneath, tenderloins, all that stuff. What else is but, around there that you really can't scrape off between the vertebrae that are is that important except stew meat and, uh, you know, something for chili or making sausages? It or doesn't something. seem to be affecting the crows or the coyotes when they eat all, all of it. Well, the, the point that, uh, that I think that they were trying to make in the interview, because uh, this was actually sent to me by somebody else, said, dude, you need to see this because – um, what they're saying is that, you uh, know, in a word, if you put it in a nutshell, that leftist bureaucrats are using the scare tactics of CWD, chronic CWD, chronic wasting disease, to curb the amount of hunters because we've gained so many more in yes. this last year, and uh, uh, like anything. They see the numbers of hunters climbing up in the Northeast, in the South. I mean, all over the country. We've, we've done the numbers on the show, and so they're like, oh, dude, we can't let them get a foothold because now there's more hunters back in the woods. We were doing so good, and, and you know, we were declining the numbers, and now the numbers are going back up, so now they want to bring back the scare tactics of chronic well, wasting disease. We need to I plant a mole. Well, the, but I can I can give you a perfect example of it. For our family, for the agriculture side of it, mad cow disease, I mean, the facts, all the facts that came out after that outbreak happened and the years being part of the Cattlemen's Association and everything else, the years of stuff that you had to beat back, like what you're saying. And, I mean, I understand. I saw the interview you are talking about. Oh, yeah, about Oprah Ted. was against you. Well, I mean, that, Oprah, everybody I, was, you know, and, against beef and, uh, you know, it's all going to make you crazy. And, I, dude, I, and it's the media showing you, you remember the cows? It couldn't stand up, and, you know, it had to be dairy put cows. down. Yeah, dairy cows. You know. you know, and they're showing all this crap on TV to scare the hell out of everybody. And that, and that's my biggest thing is, is like with Ted, there's some – me personally, sometimes I like people like Ted to do what they do because sometimes, I hate to say this, you got to hit somebody upside the head for right. them to understand it. And Well, right now, we, you know, you mentioned the red tide. Red tide is being used to, once again, close down trout, redfish, and snook. And it, it's amazing. People really don't understand how many snook we have. Mm-hmm. Okay, they just accept whatever they. Hear. They yeah they oh yeah 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 and and I turn around. They covered it very well at the snook symposium, which is you can get to it on the Florida Channel, and you can turn around and if you go to my FWC and you kind of go to species and snook, they have links to the the snook symposium on the Florida Channel. Right now, the snook, they just finished a uh, study, a stock assessment, okay? And 
that's where they scientifically go out there and use all their data and and fill it all out to what what is the health of the fishery. Twenty percent. There's a thing called SPR. It's, this, it's basically the spawning stock ratio between what it'd be if we weren't fishing and what it is when we are fishing. Sustainable is 20%. That number needs to be at 20% in order for us to not be harming the fishery. They manage it not for 20% of sustainability, but they manage it with a goal of 40%. Okay? For high number of catches, make lots of people happy. What do you think our stock assessment just came back for the Gulf Coast? 30%. 60. 54%. Really? 54%. But if you watch We news, are way over management goals. If you, if you, uh, let's, I heard somebody the other day saying it's so heartbreaking to see all the dead snook flowing out of John's Pass and out all these passes and all this stuff. I'm going, I was there. Where are you at? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen one dead snook anywhere. Catfish. I found one. I found one. One. But he could have been a mortality from catch and release, okay? And that's the other thing that came out in this this snook symposium. What percentage of fish do you think are kept for eating out of out of the system? What percent? Ten percent. Death due to catching for food. Death by so people keeping the fish yes, to eat yeah, it. Yeah. What percent? How many people are keeping it? What percent? Five. It's a percentage. I would say ten percent. Ten or twenty percent, maybe. One percent. Look at that. One percent are caught. That so so the the if you had no more restrictions, at most you have one percent. So, are being harvested. What do you think the mortality rate is on catch and release? Uh, that, so would think, prob- that would probably, well, it, are you including dolphin uh, no, no, encounters? No, the, the, when they did a scientific study, which on the Gulf Coast require, had biologists catching them, babying them, and easing them back in the water, uh-huh. you know. And on the West Coast, or on the, that was on the East Coast, that the they had people actually catch a fish, and then the biologists come over. So it's a little harsher on the fish than on the West Coast was. But in their scientific study back then, before the, the Goliath, or the, you know, people are talking now about Goliath getting them and everything else getting these snook, 2 to 3%. So 2 to 3 times the mortality rate as the guy catching them to take one home for dinner is what the catch and release people so are killing. We're 50% over. Okay. And yet I can't look to keep a snook. Well, because you're. Because they're endangered. Because you're killing it and you're eating it, Bill George. Yes. And so where's got, the conspiracy? Then you got flipper. Yeah. And, and feeding them to flipper. Where, where's the conspiracy? Uh, well, I don't know. That's why they can I, take social science. I plan science to find out. All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Uh, go by and see him today if you're not heading over here to the RP Funding Center for the uh, Big Sportsman's Outdoor Expo. We appreciate you uh, listening this morning. If you want to comment, 888-404-1010. 888-404-1010. We'll be right back.
Gotta Love Radio. What other, what other, oh my God. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brain Gun, John Swindle, Bill George, and Carlos hanging out with you this morning at the uh, Open Season Sportsman's Expo out at the RP Funding Center out here in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, come on out. The uh, doors are going to be swinging open at 9 o'clock this morning, and uh, we'll be freaking out because then they'll be getting ready to do the national anthem, and, of course, we'll be yapping all the way through it and embarrass ourselves in front of everybody, which I think we've done for the last, like, 10 years or so. Yeah. Somebody yeah. finally yep. taps you on the shoulder. I'm like, why is everybody standing up and have their, oh, oh we got to take a break right now. We got to go. <laughs> we got to go. We got to do our thing. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the red tide, and uh, Bill George was giving us some of the assessment numbers that have been going on. I will say this. Um, uh, I answered the question on social media when the, the snarky idiots come on and say, uh, would you eat anything that you took out of Tampa Bay with this red tide going on? And I will go, if I caught it, yes, I would. I have no problem eating a fish that has red tide. Now, if it's floating on the surface and one side of it is white and the other side of it still has some scales on it, no, I'm probably going to pass that, that up and leave it for the seagulls. That's called yeah. poached. Yeah. That's a poached fish. <laughs> it's sun poached. <laughs> it's sun poached. Yeah, sun poached. <laughs> but, uh, and, and, Not and the poached same, in a legal way. And the same thing goes with the chronic wasting. But one of the interesting things that was talked about amongst ourselves was, of course, uh, the big Goliath grouper that every media outlet had to show, you know, oh, nothing's, you know, everything's dying. Look at this. We had to get a crane in here and bring out this giant Goliath grouper. And I, I literally turned into Bill George for that split second and said, how do we know that a red tide killed that thing? Did biologists do any exam on that thing whatsoever, or did they just pick What's it up, throw it in a truck, and take it over and turn it into electricity? They, they, they turned around, they picked it up, they threw it in the, the dumpster. And and for me— So nobody did a necropsy, look, nobody did a test on it, nobody said— That would have per- that would have been a perfect time to open that thing up, see what it's eating, see what happened to it. Look at this smart stuff. guy hey, over here. Look, look at, Check out the brain on now, Brad. Now you— Went to the Goliath Grouper meeting that was at Bill Jackson's quite a while back. Yes. What did they tell you the Goliath Grouper eat? Crustaceans. Okay. Yeah. Fish were not on their primary diet. Not primarily, but they have been known to eat certain species only, of reef Only fish. as a species uh, of opportunity is exactly. what they were saying. Yeah. Now, what they're saying now is is there are parts of the state where people are catching all these snook and letting them go, and the Goliath are eating them as quick as they let them they're, go. They're so now we have dolphins and Goliath so, eating the snook? So, no. The key part is we now have a scientist with the FWRI acknowledging that the Goliath eats something other than a crustacean. Well, if you've ever you've seen the videos down at Boca Grande, of course, by the railroad trestles and all that stuff, and anywhere else, do you see anybody who instantly hooks a Goliath grouper, use a giant blue crab or a lobster or anything like that, and put it on a hook and throw it in front of him, or is it a jack? Is it a yep. ladyfish? We were using yellowtail. Uh, yeah, or la- any other fish that they hook in the back and throw it down in front of him, and it's gone. Yeah. Instantaneously hook up. We, uh, I've never seen anybody throw a blue crab on the, the Instantaneous. Man those, yeah. The man with those uh, three lovely boys that was here yesterday who dives and spearfishes. We shared spearfishing stories of several encounters that we both have had where the little ones were coming up taking mangroves and 
everything else from you as fast as you can shoot them. That's a lie. Listen, <laughs> that's a lie because they're not out there, and you know that. The, the last is- remaining Goliath grouper was just pulled off the beach by a bucket truck and taken off but to the Listen, okay. it's a giant. <laughs> it's a giant vacuum. It Whatever is. Whatever they can you don't suck get in, to be, You don't get to be 500 pounds by hanging back in a hole somewhere waiting for a crab to crawl by. It just doesn't happen. But yeah. I'm sorry. That's a lot of crabs. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, uh, my point was, would you eat anything that you caught during red tide? Yes. How about you, the Carlos? The vast majority of the bay yeah, does I, not have any issues. If I caught it, yeah. You, yeah. Jonathan, would you eat it? Well, if they let us keep it. Because right now, you know, it's closed. Yeah. So. Would you eat it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I did when I, dude, like you said, it's a yearly event Eat. and everybody has to go through it. I've been here for a thousand years and we fished through red tide. We've uh, played with fish during red tide, all that other, swam during Eat. red tide, everything but else. But you hit the nail on and the head. You caught the fish. You, yeah. You're catching a fresh. A healthy fish. A healthy, fresh fish. Just yeah. like you would do any other time. And, I mean, I'm sorry, but don't really feel bad for you if you go out there and scoop one up that's floating, eyes bulging out of his head and everything else, and hey. that's your own deal. <laughs> now <laughs> there, the bag limit and the species <laughs> restrictions have been eliminated. I, I understand true. that, but also the your bowels will be eliminated too for the so, five days. So I heard Braden saying that they used to scoop them up and put them in the yard. Was fertilizer. Yeah, we did. Yeah, We'd right. always put them in the garden. That My mom your, would always put job, them in the garden. Right? Yeah, would always. Good news from the garden. Well, anything, bait fish, anything that floated back in the canal was uh, scooped up, put over, and put over in, in the garden. You had a nice garden. Yeah, dude. I mean, if you're trying to grow stuff in Florida soil, sure, it was an awesome garden. You put it in there. And that's why I asked um on rick christman's page i said where are all these fish and i asked bill george i said where are all these fish going to are they being used for landfill fertilizer i mean are they being sold to a fish emulsion plant in georgia to be turned into liquid fertilizer for no no they're being hauled down to the incinerator plant and being converted into electricity which i don't have a problem with as long as being used they take that fuel charge off my bill this past month uh, for uh florida power that'd be all right good luck with that because we're giving them free fuel from from st petersburg beach i I just you saw my post on facebook i i'm it, it is so wasteful that they don't allow us to keep fish and then if they do end up turning up dead it was all a waste I, I there was a there's a company that just started uh, somewhere out here in Lakeland or north of Lake Wales or somewhere around uh, in this area Polk out here. County. Yeah, that uh, is an organic soil producer. Their big thing for farming and everything else is they literally compost on a massive industrial scale. And when I saw all those dead fish out there, I thought, man, if I was the guy that owned that that compost place the first thing i would do is i'd be calling them going what are you guys doing with all those fish yeah and then ordering a bunch of and gas going, masks yeah and going <laughs> dude come over here and dump the crud out of them right here on this ground and you would turn it into the greatest richest soil on the planet for for all that stuff but instead uh you know they've scooped it all out of course you've noticed on the news that it's really been toned down 
that now it's moved. <laughs> it's not so much in Tampa Bay, but now it's going to be affecting the beaches. Off, it's because it moved offshore. Yeah, so now you're going to get a month's worth of screaming and complaining from uh, people down here from Michigan and, but you know, I, from I, New York. I, you know, I paid a lot of money to stay down here, and uh, my wife can't come out because she can't breathe. You know, I mean, so it's going to be a month of that crap until they all go flitter back to where it is they came from after they dropped off Delta variant here in uh, Tampa Bay. <laughs> and stop it. And then go back, you know, so it's all good. Well, what Bill said is. What are you looking at me like I'm that? I'm just for? waiting Don't. for you to pause so I can jump yeah, in. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot yeah. for me to complain about so, this week. I mean, you know, what Bill said, it's all bait fish, pilchards, greenbacks, mullet, um, you know, a pinfish, things like that. He actually, I told him, man, with the with the small amount of free time that you had, you actually drove out there for four hours and went to all the dump sites, I, looked for the fish, and he only saw one, two different game fish. And all they show, we don't even know if they're showing us footage from years ago. You know what I mean? They, they have all the reels. They can pull up whatever they want and sure. make it look like whatever they want. Yeah, it's as bad I'm, as the freeze. I'm not made. saying there ain't been a dead snook. I, I did go, and I thought if I'm going to talk about it, yep. I, I need to physically go lay eyes on it. I did spend four hours driving around St. Pete. Every one of the dumpster sites, sites where boats are coming in, the shrimp trawlers that have been catching fish and offloading them to be loaded by machinery into dumpsters. I watched it. I looked at it. I, I observed it. How many sites? You said seven? Uh, there were seven sites, and then I walked a lot of seawall and, and different things on the on the bay side. In that entire time, I saw one dead snook. Could have been death mortality by catch and release, but... I saw one dead snook and one dead trout. Northern part of the bay, tons of rays, um, tons of catfish, and sheephead. Uh, sheephead right? yeah. sheep were hit hard on the northern side of the bay. The further south you went, all you were getting for the most part was was a lot of bait, bait fish. fish yeah. And um, right now, people, some people say, "Hey, you can't. You're you're not getting bait fish." You know. Um, but, you know, it was funny because we sat down uh, during the studio last week and I said, uh, on average, how many captains do you think run during the week in uh, in Tampa Bay? All of them. Well, I mean, how many? <laughs> Say 100? Do you think it'd be around 100, Jonathan? 150. All right. Well, yeah. 150. So if each captain guide goes out there, they do two trips a day for the most part. Uh, they get out early in the morning. What's the first thing they do? Catch bait. Right, catch, catch bait. bait. So, and I don't know if you follow any of them. They're all, like, you know, blacking out the live well. They throw that cast net out there. They're pulling in 500 uh, greenbacks at a time. Do you think they're going to use all 500 of them? No. But the thing is, is if it's during red tide, how many videos have you seen from guides and captains that show their live well and every single one of those pilchers and greenbacks are dead? So you think about it. If they're doing it twice a day, average every day of the week. 500 a day, 500 times five, and then they got to dump all those dead ones overboard, and you got 150 guides doing it every day. That's quite a raft of dead bait fish, if you ask me. Seriously. So how do we know that all those ones that we're seeing, uh, you know, scooped up or blown over by the wind, are all done by red tide? Seriously. We don't. We don't. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We're gonna take a break. Hour number two is right around the corner. Stay there. We'll be here. <laughs> 